podcast today we have with us daniel tolson how are you daniel i'm awesome thank you so much for having me here um, as i mentioned a moment ago it's just uh hit one minute past 12 in the morning so i couldn't imagine being anywhere better than uh, next to the fireplace with you yeah <laughs> that's great i'm so <laughs> happy to have you on the show my friend uh, i know you're you're a busy guy and you have doing some wonderful things in your life and for other people, especially. And it's an honor to have you on the show. Uh, but we always like to kind of start off by allowing the guests to introduce themselves um, in their own words, right? So the stage is all yours, Daniel. Beautiful. Well, uh, my clients want three things from me. And my clients, they want to have a uh, greater impact in their business. And when we meet, they really come and say, Daniel, we've got these big goals. However, we need some support to get there. And the people that I work with are highly intelligent and they know that asking for help is actually a sign of strength. And they bring people like myself onto their team so they can start to accelerate that impact. As a result, they start to unleash new income levels. And through those new income levels, they can achieve their goals, but also provide more opportunities for their families and for their community. So as a business coach, I have a joy of being on many different teams with many different goals, and I'm the person who sits behind the scenes and just directs them in the right directions and get them to play the right moves at the right time. So that's what I that's get to excellent. do. Yes. And it's always good to have that guidance, right? Because, you know, we always feel like we could do everything ourselves, but to get that expertise from someone else, you invest in them, bring them on, get their expertise, and now you're better, right? And you kind of- Keep increasing. 100%. I remember at age 11, I was diagnosed with linear sequential learning disability. And for five years, I was in remedial therapy. And so I had doctors, nurses, specialists. I had people looking at different allergies, my psychology, uh, realigning, realigning the cranial plates in the skull. And there were so many people there who could actually help me get back to where I needed to be. It didn't happen overnight. It was a series of five years, but eventually with a team of people around me, I was able to recover. Now, if I never had those team of experts around me, I'd still be mm. having those same problems today and maybe I wouldn't even be here. So having yeah. somebody in your life is so important just to help you overcome those areas of ignorance and those unknown unknowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, what is the world's biggest problems, right? This ignorance, <laughs> we just don't know certain things. And to get that expertise from someone else is such a huge help. And I'm a big preacher on this. And sometimes people think that, oh, this guy, you know, he might be saying that for his own services and stuff. But my own whole concept of Super Entrepreneurs Podcast was to bring people together that are doing really, really well, find out what's making them tick, help the audience get some something out of it that can help them boost them into a kind of into some kind of a entrepreneurship journey of some sort. I don't like nine to five. So and then my biggest thing is I always say invest in people, invest in mentors, invest in coaches, invest. In, that's why I bring that awareness on the show. I bring other salespeople. I bring other business leaders and entrepreneurs just so people can find that that roadmap that they might be missing. Right. Well, when you look at the uh, P&L statement in any business, the only yes. appreciating asset is the people. 
Yes. The only appreciating asset is the people. You can put money into machines, but over time they depreciate. But humans, when you put money and time and effort into them, they start to appreciate over time. And if you look at all high performers in a business, everybody starts at the bottom and they work mm. their way to the top. Nobody starts at the top. Everybody starts at the bottom. And as they learn new skills, acquire new knowledge and adjust and fine tune that mental attitude, they can go, a business owner can go from earning, um, you know, $100,000 a year on their return on equity, and then they can double it and triple it and quadruple it. You know, this appreciating asset just keeps going up. So true. And you can't even gauge the potential that human beings have, right? And if you invest in that, it's, it's just phenomenal. If you get the right guidance, right? And and definitely you're here for that reason. Um, I see that you serve thousands and thousands of people and and, and you're making an impact um, where is badly needed. You know, there's a lot of people suffering in business and stuff that you're doing, the work that you're doing that we're getting into right now and we're going to talk about it is is what makes that difference you know because if somebody goes into business we want it to succeed everybody should want that to succeed right it's economy so true i, I say to my clients you've got to have a uh, checkup from the neck up and yeah. when i come into the business we're having a look at that business mindset and as the old saying goes the fish rots from the head down and business people they go in, they go all in, and they get to a stage, and we call it the founder's trap. They can't grow the business past who they are. And the super intelligent ones bring in external help. They have no ego about it. Uh, yes. As I mentioned before, asking for help is a sign of strength. It's not a weakness. And that's what super successful people do. They ask for help. You know, I was, I was doing some calculations the other day. People like Jeff Bezos of Amazon, he's asked more than 800,000 people to come and ask him to help him achieve his dreams. There's more than 800,000 yeah. people who are yes. employed by Amazon. And when you start to look at leverage, 800,000 times 2,000, the average person works 2,000 hours a year. So you've got uh, 800,000 people times 2,000 hours. He's got something like 1.6 billion man hours to his disposable to achieve his goals. But he's asking mm -hmm. for help and he's asking yes. more people, come and help me because I want to achieve these mm -hmm. goals. That's exciting. Yeah. You know, it's so true. And they, they say like a true leader has that ego empathy balance, right? You know, you have to have that ego to get to a certain level, but empathy as well and understanding that, hey, I have so many people that rely on me. What can I do today, right at this moment that can make it better for everyone involved? It's not just the leader, right, anymore. It's just everyone. It's the people you serve. It's the company. People in that company, you just got to keep, keep growing so everyone benefits you got to grow you got to grow yeah. if you're not growing at yeah. least 20 to 30 percent per year in any economy yeah. you're going yeah. backwards so you've got to find a way just to keep moving forward it's all incremental growth if everybody's just improving by half a percent per week of your whole organization that's enough mm -hmm. to double the performance productivity and output in a year if everybody's just yeah. improving at half a percent per week that's how mm -hmm. simple it is and it, it can is. be done and you can uh, predict the results today. It's quite exciting. Do you, do you find that people um, generally overcomplicate a lot of this this stuff too in business? Like, do you, do you feel like they, you know, like you mentioned, that is simple. Like, if you think about it, you just gotta do the do and 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 take action and the right action. But sometimes, do we find people like we overthink it and we overcomplicate something? 
we definitely use our intelligence against ourselves. Mm. We have lived in a world where we get rewarded for complex for things that are complex. However, yeah. business rewards simplicity. Your yes. client doesn't want to go through a complex buying process. Your client doesn't want something that's hard to use. What drives human behavior is laziness. The first thing that drives human behavior is laziness. I say this to my clients. People want to have a car that's easy to drive. This is why Tesla's going to succeed. Nobody wants to wind down the windows. They're lazy. They want to press a button and for it to take care yeah. of itself. So when we understand that all humans are lazy and we should build businesses and process that are simple to use, automatically you succeed. And that's what we're going to do more of in the future. More yeah. of us, yeah. Yeah, technology is going to help us there too, right? It is. And, and that's the yeah. other thing is humans are lazy. And so a machine can be programmed to do things in simple steps. And we have to take that knowledge and say to ourselves, instead of doing this process in 10 steps, how can I do it in seven steps? You know, many years ago, there was a insurance company and to get a loan, to get insurance processed, it had to go through 60 different steps. And so for the customer to be able to get their insurance policies, they might have to wait two months to get an insurance policy. And then some intelligent person come along and said, this is too hard. Make it easier. So instead of being 60 steps, they brought it down to two steps. And people could have their insurances in a matter of, matter of hours. But the company started to grow by billions of dollars every year. And, you know, there's three parts to a formula that I teach my clients. And the first part is simplicity. We have to simplify everything yes, that we do. Agree. And the other two? The other two, uh, the other three, the next one is leverage. We've got to okay. leverage other people's time. People like Jeff Bezos. I've got a big goal. I want to achieve it. I need 800,000 people to support me. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we've got to leverage other people's time. We have to leverage other people's talents. And my clients say to me, Daniel, you're from outside our industry. You didn't go to university. You're not trained. You don't think like everybody else. We want to leverage your talent. They, so they bring me in. They leverage my talent. They leverage mm -hmm. my knowledge. And these are the things that we have to do when we build a business. Leverage other people's mm -hmm. time, yes. their talent. We've also got to leverage other people's mistakes. There's reasons why businesses succeed. And there's reasons why they fail. And if we can understand the reasons for failure and learn from other people's mistakes, then we won't fail. So we've got to learn to leverage. We've also got to accelerate. And we've got to do things faster today. I know if I'm buying something today, I don't want to wait. Now, my T-shirt, if I have to wait seven days for delivery, I'm over it. I'm bored. I want it today. I want yeah. it tomorrow. There's places here where I buy perfume in Taiwan. I can order a bottle tonight at midnight and it'll be here on my doorstep at 7 a.m. in the morning. And so they're learning to accelerate their business. And then we've got to learn to multiply. My One of my good clients, multimillionaire, he says, Daniel, my 1% is not as powerful as a thousand people. Sorry, my 100% is not as powerful as a thousand people's 1%. He of said, I can give 100% all day, but if I can get a thousand people give me 1%, then I can start to multiply the business. So mm -hmm. simplify, leverage, accelerate, and multiply. If we do that, business just grows consistently. Excellent, Daniel. Excellent. Thanks for, thank you for sharing that with the audience and all of us. Um, is definitely going to provide some light um in people's businesses right to get that kind of awareness it's all about awareness you know we sometimes you get so fogged up with what we already know 
that um, we don't allow that light to shine in. So hopefully this shines in onto someone. And well, the, the awareness yeah. in the awareness side is so important. There's yeah. five pillars of emotional intelligence. And the yeah. first pillar is self-awareness. And it's mm -hmm. understanding why I think and feel the way that I do. And if you want to have a really successful business, first of all, you have to understand yourself. And then the fourth pillar of emotional intelligence is social awareness. And that's understanding other people's emotional makeup. Why does the customer think and feel the way that they do? However, in business, if you can't understand your own needs, it's almost impossible to understand other people's needs. And as we become more aware of our preferences, we start to become more aware of our biases. In most mm -hmm. businesses, when we start, we go, oh, I love this product and service. I'm going to build it because I love to use it. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. You should do that. But secondly, mm -hmm. you've got to flip that around and say, what does the customer want? What do they love about this product and service? Like Henry Ford with his black cars. <laughs> he liked it in black. But today, the customer wants all colors. And so you've got to be able to read the customer's emotional makeup in today's market and do that. And you can make a ton of sales really fast. Is that's the power center of every human being is what's going on inside them, right? And it's unfortunate um, there's not much attention paid to that component. It's all about strategies and just doing the do. Um, and I spent my life doing the do and and without the internal work. And it was it just felt like it just felt frustrating overall. Everything just felt frustrating. Um, so that brings me back to my next next conversation about mindset, right? Um, you know, you you seem like you have such a, a phenomenal mindset. Like you have this this aura about like in the back in the back of you when you speak. There's some power behind what's going on inside you that I'm feeling from your words. So can you share, have you done any kind of mindset work in the past or have you, um, have you always been like this unconsciously or consciously? Like how, how, how did you work on your mindset? That's my question. Beautiful question. I remember at age 11 when I came home one day from school, I collapsed on the floor. And I'd been having bleeding noses. I couldn't breathe properly. And my knees were collapsing when I was running a little bit like the Forrest Gump show. I'd run and my knees would collapse. And eventually my parents really paid a lot of attention. So they rushed me out to the doctors and I had a lot of pressure build up in, in the brain. And the cranial platelets were pushing down on the brain. And it created a linear sequential learning disability. So I couldn't learn in a linear manner. I could look at the words on the board but I couldn't get them off the blackboard into my book. If I was reading a book, I couldn't get the words in order and sequence to come out of my mouth in the same order and sequence in the book. I would listen to music and I was having guitar lessons. And if I made a mistake once, I'd keep repeating the mistakes. So the doctors came in, they were having a look and they realized that the pressure and the lineal sequential learning disability was coming because the platelets were pushing down the brain. So I had to have cranial realignment. Through the process, they also realized I was tone deaf. I couldn't hear tone. So I had mm. about five years of catch up. So during that time, it was all about me and my mindset. It was about my positivity. It was about my optimism. It was about my resiliency. And I couldn't compete with the other children on knowledge and skill because they could learn faster. They could recall easier. All I had was my attitude. So I was held back and I knew I was held back with language, with maths, with science. 
And then eventually, once I got through that blip on the radar, I got Epstein-Barr virus and chronic fatigue. And so when I was going to high school, I couldn't complete my education. So I had to drop out. And then the following two years, I had back-to-back -back knee surgeries. So I had about two years in and out of rehabilitation. So when everybody got that huge infusion of knowledge and skill, I missed out. And so my uncle, he said to me one day, he said, you're on a path to destruction. He said, you better come and work for me. And he got me a job in real estate and I'd worked with him. And he introduced me to the work of Brian Tracy. And he gave me a book called Maximum Achievement. And he said, Danny boy, this is the blueprint of success. Let me show you how to set and achieve your goals. Let me teach you about attitude. And so I started to learn about attitude. And when I started to sell real estate, nobody cared about- What age about was that? Sorry, that was well, 19, what, what, 19, age 19. So at age 19, people didn't care about my age. They didn't care about if I went to school or didn't go to school. They didn't care about my grades. All they cared about was, was I enthusiastic? And my uncle said to me, enthusiasm will outsell experience 10 to 1. He said, go out there, show them that you're willing to work. Get excited about what you do. And it's called a constrained enthusiasm. It's like you want to jump out of your skin, but you're kind of holding it in there. And I'd go into the uh, sales presentations and he was right. I would beat the majority of agents in the area. And it was my mental attitude. I got along with people of every race, every color, every religion. And I remember 12 months after I got into real estate, I was age 19. I'm earning more money than my school teachers who told me I'd never succeed and I'd only fail. I was buying real estate. By 21, I had two houses and I was one of the top 10 sales creators in the country. And I knew at that stage, the knowledge and skill was less important than the attitude. So I had spent decades just working on my mental attitude. And it's taken me all around the world. I even got a job with Emirates Airline where I co-led a team of 17,000 cabin crew. And they didn't care that I didn't have an education. Today, when I go into a business, my greatest gift is I don't think like everybody else. I haven't been programmed like everybody else. So if it's a billion dollar business, $20 billion business, I can go in and I see things differently. And I get rewarded for that. And the reward is that emotional intelligence. So yeah. mindset for me has been everything. And through having a better mindset, I have been able to learn once again. And I've probably read a thousand books, audio books, and attended more than a thousand different types of courses over the past 20 years. And it's all been that professional development. You gave me multiple goosebumps and... There was a lot of big words that I didn't understand on the medical side, but I I, I just assumed that they're, you know, uh, medical issues that you 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 fought and you 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 won. <laughs> but I didn't want to interrupt you. But you know, that's maybe another educational topic, you know, to well, go into. I, but yeah. I just solved I solved one during uh, the last three months. Since I was born, my uh, the ligaments and the muscles in my hips they just didn't form correctly. And so my hips have been clicking for more than 41 years. And I was in Taiwan with the restrictions dropped so we could start to travel a little bit. We could start to go out in public places. And I said to my wife, I've got to get a personal trainer. I said, these hips are still not working after 41 years. And I've been with my personal trainer for six weeks and he has taught me how to squat properly. And we've just been focusing on squatting, just the basics and my hip problems have disappeared in six weeks. Amazing. Now, I've tried to fix this myself my whole life, but it's the power 
of having a coach. It's the power of somebody who's a professional in this area who can guide you through to success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a big and, win. And also, I think a big part of that is your mindset. Um, that that is helping you achieve it as well on top of the skills um, because that foundational work that you went through, all that struggle and all that work that you did on the inside, it seeps out now, right? Like I I picked up on it, right? And, And it's funny how this stuff works. You know, it's funny how, you know, you could pick up, you can go to a room in an event and someone's, there someone is not in the right place you just vibrationally just boom just stay away from that corner whatever you can do right and i've been through many of that and it got it's gotten it's gotten really really up there so now it's like you feel it and that's what i feel from you and even though they were so far away we're in devices right like this incredible you know and i i sense that that you have that capability internal capability the internal power to achieve whatever you want you know and i can see that and do you how do you bring that knowledge that internal work with your clients i'll summarize it uh, and we call it the four d's the first Mm. d that we're talking about is desire and it's like the burning flame behind you within yourself you have to have this burning desire and i remember when i was young All I wanted to do was just to keep up with other people. And I was going to do whatever it took to keep up. And that flame is always burning hot inside of me. And so over the years with emotional intelligence and mindset, I've learned about three different forms of motivation. The first type of motivation is the biological motivation. It's just the will to survive. So when people say to you, I'm motivated, believe them. They are, but sometimes it's just for the basics. Just sometimes it's just for food, shelter. And what are those basic ones? The mm-hmm. second one is extrinsic motivation. This is for houses, cars, and money. Yes, all of that's important. However, once you get it, the motivation stops. If you don't get it, the motivation stops. And then the third level is the intrinsic motivation. What lights the fire within? Now, I remember at age nine, I was a paper boy for the, for the same uncle who gave me the job in real estate. And my mum caught me one day. I'd left the paper. I'd left the paper run, and I donated half of my money to the Salvation Army. I'd only earned a dollar, but I gave fifty percent, at fifty cents to the Salvation Army. And she mm. caught me. She said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm just making a donation." She said, "Why?" And I said, "I just like to help people." And so, from a young age, I always saw a picture in my mind of me helping people. And so, for my whole life, I've just wanted to help people. You know, my yeah. daughter, she's really funny. She said to me the other day, she said, Dad, she goes, I'm a really angry type of person. But if somebody needs help, I can't not help them. And mm. so both of us have this burning desire to help mm. people. Yeah. The second thing is we have to make a decision in our life and we have to burn the mental bridges. And if there's a goal, an outcome or an end result that you're looking for, you must uh-huh. get rid of your plan B's. Now, If you have a plan B and you consider it for as little as 10 minutes, that will sabotage your success. So they're the first two. You've got to have desire. You've got to make Mm -hmm. the decision and you must never Mm -hmm. go backwards. The third Mm -hmm. part is you need to have discipline. You've got to be willing to do what is hard. That is a prerequisite for success. And then fourthly, you've got to have determination. And whatever you start must be finished. Humans have a compulsion to close. 
And if you quit halfway, you will start to install failure habits into your subconscious mind. But if you mm-hmm. see it all the way through to the end and you have that determination, you crawl over all the broken glass, you overcome all of your obstacles, you welcome the feedbacks and you see it through to the end, you have that compulsion to close. And all of a sudden you have this beautiful loop. You've got desire, you make great decisions, you've got excellent discipline and you're determined to see things through the end. And as you do that, that's where you get your personal power from. And people do feel it. They go, there's something different here. Yes. In today, you can actually measure that emotional frequency. People can feel it Mm. all around the world. Oh, yes. And that's Mm. our superpower. It's from with here, in here. It's not anything else out there. Yes. Yes, Daddy. <laughs> I <Yes>. love it. Yes. <laughs> Power. <laughs> Power within. <laughs> no, it's amazing. I love this stuff. You know, it's just, I I wish I, when I was in my 20s, I knew more about this, but I, I didn't. And, you know, but I don't want to dwell on the, on the past. I'm, I'm very, very grateful for now, today, at this moment, whatever it is, is, is great. Um, and my next question would be is, when it comes to sales, or the performance of sales and how well you do right in sales, what percentage would you think is mindset? What percentage is strategy? It's a tough question. It's a tough mm-hmm. question. Well, if I looked at emotional intelligence, fully 58% of our success is going to come down to our levels of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. So we have to be emotionally intelligent we have to understand our strengths and weaknesses which also under we've got to understand our fears see the first fear that people have when it comes to selling is sometimes salespeople have a fear of being taken advantage of and i've heard this said before daniel people might only want me for my ideas and i've heard that but it's a fear and it's a limiting belief now if you can't overcome that you'll never succeed in sales so we've got the mental blocks. Now, I believe that at least 80% of our success will be contributed to that mindset. So you've yeah. got to have the mindset and then you've got to be able to have the knowledge and the skill. Mm. So, so you 80, might 20. Have great 80, 20. Yeah, maybe yeah. the old 80, 20 mm. principle, the Pareto. So mm-hmm. you might have the mental attitude, but if you don't have the knowledge and the skill of the process, you'll end up killing the sale. And what we say yeah. in sales is selling out of sequence can kill the sale. So you do need a blend of both. The blend 80%, it, yeah. yes, absolutely the mindset because you're going to face rejection every day. One big reason why people don't succeed in selling is because they can't get past the fear of rejection. And 99% of the adult population hate criticism. They hate rejection. And then they don't have the resiliency to roll with those punches in the sales process. They hear a no. And the problem with hearing the word no, that's the trigger for the fear of rejection. It's the trigger for the fear of criticism. So they mm-hmm. hear that no and they want to run. But mm-hmm. that trigger is pulled before they even go into the sale presentation. So yes, 80% mm-hmm. mindset, 20% mm-hmm. knowledge and skill. So mm-hmm. you can't have one without the other. Both are no. a prerequisite. Yeah, you don't. No, you can't. You have to, you can have all, you know, the mindset to go and do the do because that's the whole point. You need to consistently do something to get the result, you know, and that's the problem without mindset. You kind of drift or you give up. 
Uh, but with, then in the same way, if you have the mindset, you can go in and you don't know what to do <laughs> when, you, when you're in front of somebody. It's like, yeah. it's like what do you do? The, <laughs> have you watched the movie 300, The Spartan Warriors? Oh, yes. This yes. is Sparta. Yes. The, the interesting thing about The Spartan Warriors, they have that mindset. They're looking for a beautiful death. They want that beautiful mm, death. Yes. yes. However, they've trained on battle their entire life. Now, mm. on the way to fight the Persian army, some people come and help them. And these are potters and bakers. They're enthusiastic yeah. and they get in there and they just swing their swords around, but they ain't got no idea the what they're doing. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. they may hit a home run. They may not. Most of the chances they mm. won't. If they do, it's really mm. just pure luck for them. Mm -hmm. The conditioning of people, you know, over the generations and generations is that we, the mind has created such a, such a strong ego-based existence that if anything is is attacking it in any way through other people or anything like that it just doesn't like it so that rejection is like it's just so embedded in that in the human in mind that any rejection comes back as like oh no like it's bad my story their own story starts shifting based on that rejection they keep adding on to that in their subconscious mind and they start experiencing the same stuff in their life and it's just a, a vicious circle but stuff like that you're doing with mindset the people that do this kind of stuff they're bringing out awareness in people and that's why they experience the results that they're looking to experience by concentrating on the foundation first right yeah i love how you say the rejection see the flip side of that is acceptance people so yeah. want to be just accepted mm -hmm. and they get caught up in wanting to be accepted and the problem with that is one of my mentors i ended up working with brian tracy personally for public speaking and he said daniel the reason why so many speakers fail communicators failure because they think the spotlight is on them they're so worried about trying to get accepted and get liked when you're speaking to other people the spotlight is on the other person stop putting the spotlight on yourself and start mm -hmm. pointing it towards other people and when you accept other people uncritically they'll accept you See, mm -hmm. when we have an interaction, we have to create what's called an unconditional positive regard. And unconditional positive regard is the state in psychology where the person that you're communicating with feels no judgment whatsoever. And so if you create that and there's no judgment, then the other people won't judge you and there will be a willing and acceptance. And that's when the magic starts to really happen. Mm -hmm. Well said. And, you know, I, what we teach is we talk about law of cause and effect, right? When you live principally, like foundationally, when you live with that law and you, you operate on a daily basis in everything that you do, even with your family, your business, or if you consciously, like habitually embedded in you to always be looking out for other people. Um, first, like just having them in their vision when you're going out and doing things, the results are way better. It has a lot more power. You do much better, like as public speaking, you just perform a lot better. Even presentation says you perform a lot better because you're not you're not thinking me, me, me anymore, right? You're thinking the other person. Yeah, you, you, you. That's yeah. where the attention should be. Yeah. You, you, you. And we've got to learn to get outside of ourselves. We've got to stop worrying about what's happening on the inside. Our internal dialogue influences 95% of our feelings.
And whilst you're thinking about yourself, yes, you're going to have a fear of rejection. Yes, you're going to have a fear of failure. Yes, you're going to have a fear of other people accepting you. Stop paying attention to yourself and start putting the attention on other people. And as you start to do that, you can start to dissociate from that emotional connection within. And you can actually think a lot clearer. The emotional state becomes clear. And mm -hmm. rather than having an emotional hijack and freaking out, mm -hmm. you start to place your attention where it should be, which is on others. Yeah. So amazing, Daniel. You know, I, I absolutely love doing these kind of things and talking to people. And I know you're so far away, but it has been a, an amazing experience to meet you and talk to you and speak to you about all that you've been through and all that you're doing. Um, but we always like to ask this one question from our guest is what do you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point today? There's an old Japanese proverb and it says fall down seven times, get back up eight times. And my superpower, my skill is resiliency. And I've been knocked down so many times in life. I'm like a basketball now. I just keep bouncing back. So for me, it's resiliency. Amazing. Love it. Love it, Daniel. If you're ever in Toronto, ever in Canada, make sure you get in touch with me and keep in touch. I built, I always say this, but I built some amazing relationships through this show. So um, meeting phenomenal people all over the world. So it's incredible. Um, do you speak uh, Japanese or Taiwan? Like, do you speak the language there locally or? Interesting thing is I don't and okay. intentionally I don't. And that's because it's for my spirituality. When I lived in Australia and understanding English, I'm always listening and eavesdropping and you can't not listen. You're always listening to other people's conversations. And I found that that really impacted my psychology. So I love to have conversations like this where it's purely positive and constructive. There's nothing destructive here. We're not trying to destroy anything. We're trying to build things yes. up. And that's what I love about living here in Taiwan is I don't speak Chinese. So I'm not influenced by other people's negativity or their Good. lack of yeah. things. That's great. So for my spirituality, it's perfect. I chose not to. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you do a lot of work on the spirituality side of things? I do. I do. I, yeah, I can I, sense um, that. I, I have a spiritual coach and I work mm. with my spiritual coach. Um, I have many different coaches. And for me, spirituality has been really important. Uh, I remember when I was in Emirates Airline in 2008, I met a life coach. And then I went on a journey of self-exploration. And I was in San Francisco. And I went down to the Latin Quarter. And I met a gentleman. I walked into a uh, an esoteric shop. And he said, you remind me of this card, number 18, in the Tarot of the Moon card. And he got out his tarot deck and he started to explain this card. And it ended up being my birth card. And so I went down deep into this area of divination. And I went and learned how to read the tarot cards. And before I left Emirates Airline, I'd done more than 500 readings for people and divining through the tarot. And what I loved about the tarot was it was a way of understanding who I was on a spiritual level. So my wife being Buddhist, she's very spiritual. My children are Buddhist and I, I don't practice Buddhism, but I love their philosophies and it really helps me with my spirituality. And that's really important in business because we're not just physical. There's a spiritual part of us and we have to bring yes. that back into business. And when we do, 
the magic happens because oh, instead of being um, fragmented, we're complete and we need that spiritual part. Amazing. Amazing, amazing information. Thank you for sharing everything that you have shared today. And the last part was such a powerhouse and hopefully it reaches people and makes an impact and changes someone's life. And, you know, they may take that step towards making changes because if you continue the same way and forcing to get new results, uh, this insanity, like Albert Einstein says, right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta redesign it, recreate it. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was great to have you on the show, uh, Daniel. And like I said, anytime, if you need anything or anything, I'm always just send me a message. Um, uh, if you know any other guests that you would like us to interview, we would love to have them as well. Um, and other than that, I just want to thank you for coming on the show, my friend. Thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure and uh, all the best to your audience. And if there's anything that we can do for you, we're an open book. Reach out. We're here to help also. Thank you so much. Thank you.